Hi, Kara. Hey, Megan. This is the Witches, Magic, Murder, and Mystery Podcast. It is? It is. Oh, my god! It gosh. does sound like I was telling you. Hey, I am Kara, so excited you know? to be on this episode today. <laughs> you know this podcast we've been doing almost every week for yeah? two years? It's Here. the Witches, Magic, oh my Murder, and Mystery it's been almost two years. It has been almost two years. That's weird, right? Holy heck. How many listens are we at? We're close. I don't know. We're, we are close. We'll have to do something to celebrate it. We're Let's close to a million. Let's record it. Let's do something weird and record it. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> Did we say I'm Megan and you're Kara? Oh, I don't know. But hey, I'm Kara. And I'm Megan. And we're the Witch's Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. In case you missed it the first three yeah. times. <laughs> okay. So Tuesday episodes, if you don't know this already, are usually Our a little different. Yeah, they're shorter. They're usually sent in by you guys. This one's not. Okay. It is a little bit shorter than my usual ones, but it's kind of different because it's a different kind of mystery. It's more of a medical mystery. Oh, I love these guys. But you guys, I've done a few episodes about this kind of thing where, um, so I went to college for a really long time. To be an amphibianologist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) To just have a bachelor's degree that I don't actually use anymore. Because it's fun. I should be like a doctor like twice over for as long as I went to college, but took me a long time to settle on a major and i ended up settling on psychology strictly mm-hmm. because i think the brain is so, so freaking interesting cool. yeah certain things like well like hysterical pregnancy where you can your body will you will right. develop a pregnant belly yeah. you will full you believe so much that you are pregnant you can feel it move yeah that you you will look pregnant yeah like the things that the brain is capable of doing fascinate me oh yeah so what we're about to talk about Okay. Is a medical mystery. Okay. And one of the things that happened in my abnormal psych class, they were like, listen, as you learn about these mental illnesses, mm-hmm. you're all of you are going to diagnose yourself with this. Oh, yeah. For we sure. were all, you know, 19 years old. We were like, yeah, sure. Not going to. But then in the middle no, of class, I'm like, yeah. oh, I am definitely, I have that. I have that. Uh-huh. Oh, I also have that. Yeah. So as I'm going through this, hopefully none of you diagnose yourself with what I'm about to tell you. Oh, okay. 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 This is going to be great. All right. It is 1882. Okay. I love that time frame. Um, Chester A. Arthur is president uh-huh. because James Garfield was assassinated. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just I went because- to college for a really long time. <laughs> no, I didn't learn that in college. and I didn't learn that in high school. I learned that watching a documentary because I love history. I had no idea that James Garfield was assassinated. So Chester A. Arthur is president. There are 38 states. We're about a year past a famous gunfight that breaks out at the OK Corral in Tombstone, Arizona. (laughs) When Wyatt Earp and his brothers and Doc Holliday Uh try to disarm Billy Clinton and the Cowboys. Oh, man. This has absolutely nothing to do with the story. Megan knows every... The story I'm telling you doesn't even take place in the United States. I really just (laughs) was like, how could I have a Tombstone reference? And there we go. Okay, so in 1882 in Uh France, Dr. Jules Cotter... He's hanging out in his office at a, at a hospital in France with a very French name. When a new patient arrives, yep. a 43-year-old woman who's forever referred to as Mademoiselle X. We don't X. know her name. Okay. So like she, Jane Doe, but no. Right. Mademoiselle, Mademoiselle X. I prefer that. She shows up and she's like, Dr. Cotter, listen, um, I am nothing. Okay. Just like Whitney Houston, you know. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. And he's like, excuse me? I'm and sorry, what? She says, I am skin and bones. Mm-hmm. And so now you're thinking, okay, is this some sort of weight thing? An yeah, eating like, disorder? No. What are you going through? No. Mademoiselle X believes she has no brain, no nerves, no chest, no stomach, no bowels, no internal organs. It's just skin and bones. She is an upright sack of skin, basically, being dragged around. Sack of tidies. By her 
bones. Okay. So let's just, what? What? How? How How do you think you're moving? How do you think you're having these thoughts? Right. Right. How do you think you're speaking? Yep. Okay. How do you think that you even came up with this conclusion? Also, says Mademoiselle X, Uh I have no soul. Oh. P.S. There's no God. The devil doesn't exist. I am immortal. Mm. Is it schizophrenia? No. No. Not quite. No. Because she believes that she cannot die, Mademoiselle X is like, also, I don't eat. I don't need to eat. What's the point? I have no stomach. Oh. I'm immortal. I feel no hunger. No stomach, no organs. And he doctor, looks at his watch. Dr. Carter's like, you three days. Wow. <laughs> right. What do we do here? Where do we put you? Yes. So, Lovely. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine him just being like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so he does wow. the, 1880 version of Googling kids. Yeah. And he finds a reference to a case in 1788, a hundred years earlier, where a Swiss scientist named Charles. Mm-hmm. It's either Bonnet or Bonnet. Bonnet. I think it's Bonnet. I like Bonnet. Talked about a woman who'd come to his office with similar symptoms. Apparently, she'd been fine going about her normal activity. She was making a meal for her family. Okay. And then she felt a draft, which I don't really know what that has to do with anything. Did she? But it was there. Yeah. And she fell. Oh. She experienced temporary paralysis on one side of her body. That's when she fell. The paralysis got better. And then she turns to her daughters. She says, girls, I'm dead. I need you to put me in a coffin. I need you to wrap me in a shroud and put me in a coffin. And they said, "Um, mom. They're like, you are not dead. Yeah. Let's just sit down. Don't be dramatic. Mm -hmm. And this woman insists that she's dead. And huh. she is like, you must treat me as if I'm dead. Like, she's angry with That them. they won't do it. She's and like, I'll yeah. do it myself. Ain't nobody happy unless mom is happy. Right. So they do it. They're just like, oh, okay, mom, you're dead. And they wrap her in a shroud and they put her in a coffin and they mourn her. She's and, like looking at everybody grinning, <laughs> peeking to see who's yeah. there. Who's crying. Yeah. And then once she fell asleep, they took her out of the coffin, out of the shroud, uh-huh. and put her in bed. And so to treat this, the... Doctor or whoever right. in 1788 made a powder out of precious stones and opium. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, yeah, why don't you yeah, do yeah. some cocaine about it? Yeah. Uh, which seemed to help. Okay. Mostly. Her symptoms would return every now and then. But now but she's like, dependent on cocaine. Not. <laughs> what's worse, really? Uh, yeah. And that wasn't the only example Dr. Cotter found in the literature. Oh, there's more. There were a few sporadically okay so then i did the 2022 version of googling right and i discovered this website that i'm completely obsessed with now i can't wait they'll be in the show notes if you guys want to see but it's called the sloan s-l-o-a-n-e letters project okay basically there are 38 volumes of letters either to or from this irish doctor named sir hans sloan he lived in the 16 1700s okay in the letters you know, it's his... And they were able to preserve these letters. Yes. Amazing. That's what this project is. They're basically making a database of them Amazing. to search. I don't particularly know that he is, like, any sort of important person. It's right. just that they have all, these all of his correspondence. <gasps> oh. And there's they're full of everything. There's, like, scientific yeah. discourse, collections of antiquities, talk of just general oh gosh. curiosities and books, patients' illnesses, medical How treatment, cool. family history, whatever. Right. I love it. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Right. Anyway. In one of those letters, mm-hmm. dated July 20th, mm-hmm. 1715, I can't even quite tell you how I found this. Right. Apothecary William Lilly wrote a letter to Hans Sloan mm-hmm. about Lady Henrietta Somerset. Okay. And in it, he describes a condition that sounds a lot 
like the same thing that Dr. Cotter is seeing. Although obviously it wasn't diagnosed as anything back Mm -hmm. then. It's also not super great to try and diagnose someone hundreds of years later based on the letter. You know, just just walk with me here. Yeah. In the letter, Lily, the apothecary, says that the Lady Somerset had taken a nap. Here's a quote from the letter, so it's a little bit Uh different way of speaking. But when she waked from her slumber, called out in a frightful manner for half an hour that she was deceased. Mm. Then she got really, really sleepy and lay still without any motion. And then she needed help to get to a bedpan, even though she'd walked just fine the day before. Oh. So he thought she might have phrenitis, mm-hmm. which is acute inflammation of the mind and body. Oh. Like your mind's inflamed. Right. You got some problems in your brain. You got it. It's a little fluffy up there. He tried a few different common treatments from the time. Okay. Like bloodletting. Mm-hmm. Leeches. Laying pigeons at her feet, which was something they used to do for like headaches and migraines. I've got the next solution for you when you get a headache. Yeah. Thank you for that. Get some pigeons. Shaved her head to keep her head from overheating. Oh. Mm -hmm. And applied blisters to her legs to draw the bad humor down and out. Do you know what applying blisters means? Are you burning the skin? I had to look it up because I was like, what? And I thought maybe the word blister blister meant something different. You take like a blister off your heel, like the skin, just like. Yeah. Slap it on there. Yeah. Okay, so uh-huh. I looked it up, uh-huh. and I ended you up reading. It. I did because it made me sad. I ended up reading about George Washington's death, right? Which happened thirty months yep. after he retired. So let's all take a moment. I remember him singing in Hamilton mm-hmm. about how he's finally going. I'm going home. Yeah, you know, exactly. like he sits yeah, under yeah, his yeah. vine and fig tree yeah, and whatever. Right, right. And he ended up passing away a little over two years later. Right. Anyway, here's what I learned after well, probably reading. what was like strep or pneumonia. They actually don't. A hundred percent no. Right. But they think pneumonia. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, applying blisters means they would actually put stuff on the skin to cause a blister to form. It would be like a paste a lot of the time. Oh, to like um to, to like the irritate skin. the skin yeah. and a blister would rise up and oh. then they would like, I'm sorry, um, here's a thing we get in trouble for a lot with you guys. If you're eating right now, stop. <laughs> yeah. If you're thinking of eating. I'll give you a, I'll give you a if minute. You got a beverage in your mouth. Go ahead, swallow it. Yeah. Okay. We all doing good? Okay. You good? The blister would rise up and they would cut it open and drain it. Mm -hmm. And they believed that the stuff that drained out of it was Was like whatever was making you sick. It was like the bad stuff. It would. So they're like, we're going to make this have a blister. It's going to pull up all the bad stuff. Oh. And we're going to drain it and then you're going to get better. Oh. They did that to George Washington too. Yeah. They tried this. This is one of the treatments that Lily tried on Lady Somerset to dry off or whatever was making her act so odd. He described her as much more melancholy than usual. Mm. He also said that, here's another quote. She says that she is undone in soul and body, that she is sure she will be damned. And when I urge her to speak, she tells me she is dead and has been so for some time. Hmm. She did end up dying less than a month later on August 10th, 1750. Wow. 1715. Dr. Cotter, he didn't know about that case. That's my own special thing. But he did find other similar cases presented by French psychiatrist Jean-Étienne Dominique Esquirol and Francois Lorette. A perfect. And Cotter decided he was witnessing something new. A syndrome he first called hypochondrial delirium. Okay. And later, negation delusion. It was characterized by anxious melancholia, condemnation of ideas, insensitivity to pain, negation delusion of organs, and immortality delusion. Hmm. 
Today, this syndrome is known as Cotter's delusion or walking corpse syndrome. People with this diagnosis often deny their own existence or the existence of certain parts of their body. Okay. Sometimes they may be convinced that they are already rotting. Okay. That they've lost some or all of their organs or that they've already died. Wow. Sometimes it's like. they're rotting. Yeah. Wait till I give you some of these examples. (laughs) Because it's just like. What? Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top-of-the-line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay, so I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm-hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's gonna be so tangled not with this one nice and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o-beauty.com Using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to TYMOBeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. So sometimes it's like they think their whole body is dead. Or sometimes it's more like Mademoiselle X where she's just like, all my organs are gone. Yeah. I don't have any nervous system. Right. I don't have any torso. Right. No torso. I'm hair. sorry. How's oh. your head holding up? Yeah, how are all your bones and skin? And So that's the thing. Yeah. Obviously, she can look down and see mm-hmm. that there's a torso there. Yeah. But when she looks at it, she sees it as dead. Oh. And so they don't see any reason. People with this problem they don't right. see any reason to take care of it because why right. it, it's dead yeah just like she's like i don't need to eat yeah so you know she's like my stomach is dead and gone i have no reason to eat and she ended up dying of starvation yeah. like that is how it's not like even at some point her survival instinct right. kicked over yeah she just let it starved take over. yeah and several of the articles i read about this made the point to say she was in fine physical health before oh. this started Ooh. So that's the physical danger of this illness. The patient neglects to take care of their basic needs and hygiene, and then their physical health declines. So Dr. Cotter named this syndrome in 1882. Since then, there have only been about 200 cases diagnosed worldwide. So it's incredibly rare. Yeah. 
And I know I've told you about a lot of really old cases, uh-huh. but there have been several <gasps> more recent instances. What? So let's talk about okay, that. Okay, let's do it. Um, they're not in order, I don't think, unless they just magically are, in which case, forget I said that. Right. In 2003, a patient in Greece went to the doctor because he's like, I have no brain. Right. It's gone. I don't feel a thing. And he said he'd attempted suicide a few years earlier because there's no point in living if you don't have a brain. Oh, gosh. Years. So this has been going on for years? Just with that. Mm. Oh, okay. That same doctor also reported treating a 72-year-old woman who said, Doc, all of my organs melted, um, leaving just Melt? skin here. Where did they go? I'm practically dead. Where? I don't know. I don't know if she means melted like rotted. In 2008, a psychiatrist in New York treated a 53-year-old woman who complained that she was dead mm. and that she smelled so bad of rotting flesh. Oh. And they're like, ma'am, you smell of daisies. Like she so, she smelled something that yeah, wasn't there. Just like her brain just made her believe it so much that she could smell it. And she like wanted her family. She was like, take me to the morgue where, with all the other dead people. And her family's like, no. And they called 911. Oh, my gosh. But like she was insisting, like, I, that's where I'm supposed to be. I'm dead. Like that's <gasps> how no. firmly she believed it. No. In 2009, an 88-year-old man in Belgium went to the psychiatrist for his depression. And he finally... They're talking about his depression. And he was like, okay, actually, here's the thing. I'm dead. Oh, my gosh. And I'm a little concerned that nobody's buried me yet. Oh. Uh, sir? <laughs> Which is kind of, well, yeah I, yeah, I can see what that would bother you. Yeah. However. <laughs> I'm actually dead. Let me tell you, you're not dead. Yeah. But that's the thing. They won't believe you. There is no reasoning. Right. You know, a 46-year-old woman went to her psychiatrist stating, I have not eaten or used the bathroom in months. Mm. And I have not slept in years. Mm. My organs have all rotted. Mm -mm. And when doctors would try to tell her, you have a heartbeat. There is blood running through your body. Right. She basically just accused them of lying. Just like, no, you're making this up. Yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. All my internal organs have dried up. You people are making this up. That's wild. In 2015, Brazilian doctors treated a 31-year-old man who said his organs were destroyed and he was hollow inside and that all his skin was rotted. So all of these people are convinced that they have no organs. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they're dead. Yeah. He insisted that his body was deformed and that his face was full of holes, which it kind of is, if you think oh, about it. I mean, right, you got eye sockets right. and yeah. your nose and stuff. But yeah. Now, when I mentioned the characteristics that Dr. Cotter listed as part of this new syndrome he discovered, you mm-hmm. might remember that I said immortality delusion. Right. So I'm telling you, people with Cotter syndrome believe they are dead, but yeah. also believe they're immortal. Right. Like a zombie or a right. vampire, basically. They're dead, but they're still here on earth interacting with living people. And to a person with Cotter syndrome, this is just proof of their eternal damnation, which is another characteristic of the syndrome is believing that they're damned. They're purgatory Mm -hmm. because nobody believing them. Right. So being on earth and interacting with living people does not make them think, oh, I'm wrong. I must be alive. This is evidence I'm alive. Instead, this is simply further like, oh, yeah, I'm dead I'm, i shouldn't is, be here so right. now i'm i'm damned i must be damned yeah so doctors still don't really know what causes cotter's delusion it's also known as like i said walking corpse syndrome and cotter's syndrome huh. research links it to another illness called i think it's c-a-p-g-r-a-s capgras capgras mm-hmm. delusion yeah. which makes you believe that the people around you are all imposters it's caused Ooh. by a neural misfiring in the part of the brain uh-huh. that recognizes faces. So it's yeah. like I would look at you and I know you're Kara. Yeah. 
But when I look at your face, I don't recognize no, it as your face. Yeah. And so I think you're Kara, but you're not Kara. Right. Something in my brain doesn't yeah. believe it. So can you imagine how uncomfortable and creepy that would feel oh. to look at all the people you know and be yeah. like, it's you, but it's not you. It's not you. I know it's not you. Yeah. And so um, you're a changeling. The hypothesis yeah. is that Cotter's delusion takes this kind of misfiring one step further. Instead mm-hmm. of being unable to recognize faces, you can't recognize your oh, own body. Yeah. Which I get, I guess, yeah. except like, I mean, if I looked at my internal organs right now, I wouldn't recognize them either. Like, right. I wouldn't be like, well, that's mine. That's um, Muslim. There's some sort of, I love how it's always yeah. There's some sort of detachment here where like yeah. you see your body, but you see it as dead. Right. Like, why? Also, it's getting you to and from places. It's so It must be to... such a thing of like, you look at your body and you're not recognizing it as being yours so then it's like well the only way i'm stuck in this yeah Shall the only I? way this doesn't feel like my body and is that it must be dead yeah or something right so here's what we do know wow 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 cotter's delusion is a symptom of different illnesses rather than a standalone disease in itself okay so it's not listed in the dsm-5 which is a manual we've talked about before mm-hmm. used by mental health professionals to diagnose a mental illness right. it gives the criteria that must be mm-hmm. met for a diagnosis so Cotter's delusion is not a standalone diagnosis. It's known to be secondary to other conditions like psychotic depression, dementia, mm-hmm. schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and the use of psychoactive and psychotropic substances like heroin, LSD, and cocaine. Okay. Cotter's delusion can happen at any age, but people seem to most often get it in their 50s, mm-hmm. and they usually have a history of mental health issues like the ones I listed mm-hmm. a minute ago. And most people who suffer from it also have some type of brain damage that shows up on imaging tests, like a stroke, tumor, blood clot, or some other injury. There are typically three stages to Cotter's delusion. The first one is the person will experience anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And the second stage, they start to believe they're dead. Okay. By the third stage, it's like you cannot reason with them. You cannot convince them that they're not dead. So here's the good news. Okay, great. If you or someone you know suddenly starts to show any symptoms of Cotter's delusion, there is treatment available. Oh. So since Cotter's is recognized as a secondary issue, treatment is usually focused on whatever the primary medical right. issue is. So right. usually a combination of medication and talk therapy, uh, better help slash WMMM, is effective. And antidepressants, antipsychotics, and mood stabilizers help. Many of the cases that I presented to you earlier, the recent ones, they were able to be treated and go on with their life. Okay. Yeah. And in some cases, they might return, but the symptoms might return temporarily, but then Mm -hmm. you can get treatment to be cured, at least temporarily. Right. Yeah. So that's just... That's wild. I have had read an article about it randomly. It was something about like someone who believed they were a zombie. And so, of course, I was like, well, that might be something for the podcast at some point. And so I was going through old stuff and found it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Just the things that your brain can convince you of. Like the fact that you could be a living, breathing human being fully convinced that you're dead. Right. And I mean, there was one article that I I read about this that was kind of getting into like philosophy stuff Mm -hmm. where it's like, what is truth? Like, you know, truth is basically what we all kind of agree for it to be, you know? Like, we all agree the sky is blue, but uh-huh. the blue I see is probably not the same right. way you see yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. I mean, when someone is around you arguing with you, telling you you're alive, but your brain it's is like very nothing. firmly being like, yeah. they're wrong. I mean, you, yeah. that is your truth. Yeah. It's not like you're lying. Right. You're not lying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is just for you. This is what's Ooh. real. I cannot imagine 
just the torment of it. No, that's insane. Yeah. So I'm so glad there's treatment. I mean, back then, of course, in Cotter's day, they didn't really know what to do. And who knows what kind of medication was even available. Oh, Lord. Well, and especially in that, the case that I read in the Sloan Letters Project. Yeah. They talked about how Sloan's reply, like Lily was trying to convince him, like, listen, this is not a physical health problem. Right. This is hysteria. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it was all this talk about. People just didn't believe it. Right. People were just like, you know, delusions among women in mm-hmm. particular are, you know. Let's just put her away. They're very extravagant delusions, yeah. especially among women. And it's like, no, this is actually a thing. Yeah. But of course. Here we are. They had to see it a few times. Right. But that's the other thing I think that is so fascinating is how rare it is. Yeah. So for Dr. Cotter to even recognize, he went and looked for more examples yeah. instead of just being like, this lady it's is crazy. nuts. Yeah. I mean, so he actually, crazy. he did his job. He was like, right. oh, this is not. Oh, we need to look Other into people this. have yeah. experienced this, even if it was 100 years yeah. earlier. There you go. Well, don't, well, don't we well. all feel smarter? Amazing. <laughs> Got to learn something new today, friends. How cool is that, guys? Okay, so that's your Tuesday episode. Yeah. We'll be back Friday with another one. Amazing. Okay, we love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.